Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey guys, hope you're doing okay. You know, it has been a whirlwind week. Uh, we just last talked to you on Tuesday when our last episode dropped. And Jason, just in the last 48 hours, so much has changed. The biggest news, it seems like, is the economic news. The numbers from D.C. that show 6.6 million people unemployed. That, that's a staggering number. It's unprecedented in this nation's history. And in Texas, tens of thousands of Texans are impacted by this. Yeah, we're getting used to these, or not getting used to, but being stunned on a daily basis by these staggering numbers that we're seeing, not just with unemployment, but of course, the number of cases, the number of deaths. And of course, we all know that this is a health and humanitarian situation first, but not too far behind that, of course, we see the economics of this because so many people are struggling right now. People who are perfectly healthy, but who aren't working right now or who have lost their jobs, uh, been furloughed, laid off, you name it. Uh, and we've been hearing from a lot of you here in Texas who have been having a lot of trouble getting through to claim those unemployment benefits. We want to let you know that in just a few minutes, our second guest is going to be joining us from the Texas Workforce Commission to try to give us some answers, maybe allay some of your fears, and maybe answer some of the questions that you might have been calling in about but have been unable to get through. Some people calling in, you know, quite a few times a day, Jason, trying to get through. Yeah, let's get to our first guest. Her name is Marlene Hilton. She's a, a gig worker, essentially. She's in uh, radio, TV, film production. She does voiceover work. She does on-camera work. She does a lot of production work. She still has some work, she says, but a lot of her gigs have dried up. Her son is 24. He works for a restaurant. That job is gone. So she is like so many people in this state who have had to get online from the Texas Workforce Commission, see if they can, she can apply for benefits for herself, for her son. Uh, she's waited on hold, like so many of us have. Um, trying to get these questions answered. It's, it's hard to get those answered, but she has a firsthand account of what so many people are going through. Arlene, can you kind of fill us in on what your experience has been trying to navigate what we know as the Texas Workforce Commission? Sure. Um, it, it's been a, quite a journey, and I'm hearing the same thing from a lot of my friends. I, um, I've got two different situations. My son is a bartender. Mm -hmm. So on March 17th, when his restaurant closed, we immediately went on and applied for his benefits. Well, he had been in the system a few years previously, so his PIN number, um, we couldn't get past that the PIN didn't work for him after we got in so far. The dreaded PIN number. I have I have heard from so many people who have previously been in the system, and I think that that has been the holdup for so many people, that PIN number. At least one of the holdups, right? Right. And I saw, I, you know, I was looking back at some of the previous uh, podcasts that you guys have done, and I saw where it looked like maybe that had been resolved. 
Um, I do have to give a shout out to this nicest lady, Amanda Rose at Work in Texas. She works at Work in Texas. Um, and they at least had an email that you could email if you had questions. She emailed within a day. She called the next hmm. day and she reset his pen. And while I had her on the phone, I had her reset mine. So just a shout out to, uh, to Amanda. She was a That's big help. Marlene, I think that's an important point here because, boy, it is easy to get frustrated, especially when you are in hard times, you've lost your job, you, you know, the bills are still coming in. But, you know, it's a great point to say that there are people who are working, uh, you know, with the Texas Workforce Commission, with the unemployment system here, who are doing the best they can right now, but they just can't keep up. So the, the second half of my story, sorry, Jason, didn't mean to interrupt, but um, the... I'm, I'm one of those self-employed, uh, you know, we have such a large production industry here in Texas. So I'm mm -hmm. a self-employed contractor. Um, I like how I think the governor um, re referred to a lot of us as gig workers. And that's really what we know. We work from gig to gig. You know, we're booked on this shoot or we're booked for this voiceover session or whatever it might be. So, um, so I went ahead and filed the um, unemployment claim for myself as a self-employed contractor who now has lost, I can't travel to a lot of the jobs that I had booked. And then um, the studios are shut down. You know, everything is shut down. So, um, but the mistake I made, and this is, I hope if, uh, if there's some other folks who are trying to do the same type of application, when I went on, I assumed when they asked for my last employer, since I've been self-employed for so long, and I have an EIN uh, number, tax ID number, and a business name, I thought I needed to put my business name in there as my employer. So that's what I did. I put my EIN, I put uh, the name of my company, how long, you know, when I lost my first uh, gig. Um, but my claim was rejected. Um, there is an option for not listed. Your last employer is not listed because I don't have an employer that I'm trying to file a claim against. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And that's the mistake I made. Uh, I made. So, so you should have chosen not listed, you say? Right. Right. Huh. I, so, I don't, I'm not filing against a particular employer. Mm. Marlene, we, we've heard people say that they need to, uh, you know, call down there to Austin to the Texas Workforce Commission. You can't call. The lines are, are busy. You, you, you wait on hold forever. They say go online. Now they're saying go online between like, what, 2, 3, 4 a.m. to see if you can get in then. You guys got online. You, you got through several pages of the website. Tell me what happened next. Well, uh, and this is still happening. I have uh, several friends that call me. How did you get through for your son's application? I think we were just early. Um, right at March 17th, we got his in pretty early. Um, you get about three or four or five pages in and the website just, they can't handle it. So it says this page not available or um, please call, you know, again, to that loop of not being able to finish your application. So a lot of folks are spending a lot of time up to a certain point and then they lose what they've done so far and they have to start all over. It's, it's a very uh, frustrating process. And with your and with your application uh, in particular, so you say that you should have just chosen, uh, you know, your employer's not listed because you you do gig work, uh, and instead you put in a name there. Uh, so what happens after you do something like that? Does it tell you, oh, sorry, uh, your application is messed up. You're going to have to call in. It did. It was uh, it was the same three days or five days that it takes to hear if your claim was accepted. 
on March 22nd, I got uh, the notice that my claim was denied because I had listed the wrong employer. And when I saw that, I immediately realized the mistake I'd made. I was like, of course, I don't need to list my own company. I'm not filing benefits against myself. So um, it said to call. And of course, when you call, the only way to resolve it is to either appeal the decision online or to call in to, so I, I really just want to talk to somebody to say, can you just delete that first claim and let hmm. me reapply? And so I'm stuck in a loop. I, I, I went ahead and, and uh, sent in the appeal, which takes, I think they said four to six weeks or something. Hmm. Um, so I just don't have anybody to talk to. It seems like it would be an easy fix to just delete that claim. I don't know, but um so I'm kind of just in a holding pattern myself. So, Marlene, you had better luck with your son. You actually got his filed, but you had trouble physically getting the benefits from this. I don't understand. Right. So each uh, you're given a date. Uh, it's usually a Sunday or a Monday that you have to go in and actually request payment for your benefits. And you have to do it every two weeks. So um, we went online and I've been helping him and um, we went Monday morning. And of course, Mondays are the worst time mm. to try to do anything um, because of how busy the system is. Um, so we went online and again, got the this page not available several times. I believe there is a phone number you can call to request payment because requesting payment is a very, it's much easier than actually filling out the application. Um, did you work this week? You know, uh, are you still not working? That sort of thing. You just have to yes or no a couple of things and you've requested your payment. Um, we just kept trying. We finally got through uh, Monday night, I believe, um, to request his payment. So hopefully he's set up and he'll get his first check here in a couple of weeks. Marlene, you've had trouble. You, Your son has had trouble. What would you tell people navigating this? I, I honestly don't have an answer, uh, Jason. I don't, I, you know, and I appreciate the the work that you guys are doing to try to get some answers for us. Um, I told uh, a friend of mine last night, I said, I read where 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. is the best time to do this. And of course, you know, who's up between one and four? She has kids and, she, you know, she goes to bed when they go to bed. So I don't, I don't know the answer. And if you make a mistake, that's where you really, like I did, unfortunately, that's where you really get locked out of the system. And then uh, you're in this loop and it could be weeks and weeks before we see any, any uh, benefits come in. And a lot of these gig workers um, are paycheck to paycheck folks. You know, they had all these gigs planned that are now canceled and they need this money to pay rent and their bills, you know, so it's, um, it's a tough time for a lot of folks. I will say that my teenage daughter uh, is not working now because of the stay-at-home order uh, in Dallas County. And so uh, we went on last night to file her claim, and we did it at 1 a.m., and it did work. I mean, it was like straight through, no problems, website was fast. So, you know, it's true what they say between like 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. is the time. And maybe you have to set an alarm and it's a weird thing, but it is a, it's the time to get it done. Marlene, how many calls would you say you've had to make to the Workforce Commission? And, and, and what, what is that like? What happens when you try to call? Um, there was a time early on that you could call in and uh, stay in a loop for a while. And it sounded like somebody was going to answer eventually. And now um, my experience has been that they've set it to um, because of our volume of calls, we cannot take your call. Mm -hmm. And I actually called again just before uh, we got online here 
to see if I could get through again on my particular situation. I had a phone number that they gave, you know, call this number if you would like to discuss the decision on your claim. And I just called it. And again, it says because of the volume, we cannot take your call and it just hangs up on you. So you're just kind of left without an answer or a solution. Yeah. I asked you a moment ago, Marlene, the, the advice you'd give to others who might be filing now or soon. What advice would you give to the state, to the Texas Workforce Commission? Well, um, you know, there are several companies that like American Airlines, for instance, when they have call volume that is so high, they put you in a we'll call you back situation. You know, if you want, you can either wait online for an hour and a half or we'll call you back in the next two hours or four hours, whatever it might be. I don't know if that's a possibility for the state to set up a situation like that where they can call some of these folks back. I think the the hours and the time it takes to stay on the phone to con- continue to get through is what's frustrating so many people. So um, another solution possibly could be on the website um, when you get to a section that um, that you need to talk to someone, if there's an email, if they could just send in an email or a frequently asked questions page, you know, something that would answer some of these questions um, so we could complete the forms accurately by ourselves and not have to call in, perhaps. Yeah. You know, they did add a uh, chat bot to their website, I think it was yesterday, to try to answer some questions with this virtual assistant. We'll see if that cuts down on some of the, the calls. You know, it's an interesting thing that you bring up, though, there, Marlene. That might be a really good solution, the, you know, leave us your number and we'll put you in line for a call back, because uh, I've gotten messages from people and and. I don't think they're exaggerating, who say that they have tried to call hundreds of times. So imagine hundreds of times times a lot of people, and now you see why the phone lines are just jammed. You can't even get in. If you put people in a queue like that, it seems like you would cut down on so many of those phone calls. Seems like it. I I don't know if if they have the staff to do that or the equipment or the the data system that's needed, but um, maybe it's something they could look into. Marlene, before we let you go, how are you doing? Well, I'm actually in a a fairly good situation. I'm I'm very fortunate that um, I have a few gigs that I can work on from home. Um, I have voiceover sessions that I do. So I still have business that is working and coming in. Um, but a lot of my production friends aren't in those situations and uh, a lot of the young um, workers like my son is 24 a lot of his friends displaced because their restaurants or their um, retail stores were closed and those are the folks um, I worry about more so the the younger um, crowd that can't pay their apartment rent or you know uh, they can't stockpile items because they don't have the checks coming in like some of us have been uh, working a lot yeah for for a few years what is your son doing right now is, is he still in an apartment or he had to come back to uh to, to home or what he's home he's here with us now and, and for a couple of reasons but may also just to keep him safe and and uh, away from social distancing here at the house sometimes with your family it seems like it's a little safer situation yeah. but um we're also in the quandary of whether or not to encourage him to look for a different type of job in the meantime or is he safer staying home and collecting the unemployment? You know, I don't know if I want to put him out there stocking shelves or delivering food or a, another type of job that he could qualify for. Um, 
That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's not just a matter, you know, some people would say, what do you mean? You're just going to collect unemployment, but it's not just a matter of going out and getting another job in a lot of cases right now, because I think a lot of people are just scared about the health implications of getting out there and being exposed to other people. And then I've seen uh, from a number of people that they've gotten job offers that then got rescinded because those companies realized that they were just going through it. So sometimes in some cases it is is almost... uh, easier to just say, you know what, let me put that off for now. One thing that was surprising, um, when you do your unemployment claims and you get into the work in Texas where you have to actually look for jobs and um, you have to do so many job searches a week, mm-hmm. typically when you when you file for unemployment, because he is a displaced worker at this restaurant and his job is still there. His boss, the company has been great and they're all, they all have their jobs once the restaurant can reopen. Right. His required job searches are zero. Yeah. So he's not required to do any job searching. He just has to wait it out until his job is available again. That's what it was when I uh, helped my daughter to file as well. It says you have to do zero job searches each week to continue to qualify for benefits. So when you go on there, if you're going online to do this, you need to make sure that you're filing under the disaster for COVID-19. I believe that that is a key to this. Don't just file uh, because of normal circumstances, obviously. Marlene, I hope that this works out uh, for you and for your son, and hopefully, uh, you know, the, the, the work stoppage won't uh, be for too long here, and, uh, and hopefully we can get this uh, ironed out with the Workforce Commission so that you guys and so many others finally get that assistance flowing. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. And thank you as well for the work that you guys are doing to um, share this information with everyone and to ask the questions that we don't have access to uh, to get the information we need. So thank you. So Marlene has at least a good spirit about her. Um, that is encouraging. So many people are frustrated, though, Jason. Yeah, uh, it, it, and you can see why. I mean, if your money's not coming in and yet you still have to pay money out, uh, that is a terrible uh, feeling to be caught in. Thankfully, a lot of creditors are being a lot more elastic right now in you know allowing you to make some arrangements, and, uh, and hopefully that helps a little bit until that money can get flowing again. Uh, Marlene, great woman. We've actually worked with her before. Hope that her situation gets ironed out, and we're going to see if we can actually get some answers to the question that she posed there uh, from the Texas Workforce Commission themselves. We've gotten some of your questions. We have her questions. Let's see what we can get answered here and maybe see if uh, we can allay some fears out there for people who, who, who have a lot of unanswered questions right now. We're going to go to Cisco Gomez, who works with the Texas Workforce Commission, which handles unemployment claims here in Texas. All right, so we've seen the numbers out of D.C. for the national unemployment figures, and they're, they're crushing numbers. We haven't seen these. The big question is, what are we seeing in Texas? We know the Texas Workforce Commission has been slammed. Cisco Gomez is on the line with us now. Cisco, thanks for being here, but you're looking at these numbers right now with us for the first time, right? That's correct. Um, what, what do you see? Well, it looks exactly what we're dealing with. Um, We have an increased number, a record number of people applying for unemployment insurance. And um, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of numbers. What what are the exact numbers you're seeing there on the screen just for Texans who are curious about this? Yeah, so it looks like we went up over 100,000 
and the amount of claims where, where are, people are filing. And uh, they went from 155 the week before, and they're at 275 uh, this week. What do you think next week's going to look like? Uh, you know, I can't predict. Um, I, I really can't predict what's going to happen next week. Um, I can just talk about what we can see now. The Texas Workforce Commission is working uh, extended hours through the weekend. Um, I know there have been some complaints about people who are having trouble getting through on the phone lines on the website. But if you look at those numbers, I can tell you that uh, in the last 19 days, we've helped over half a million Texans file unemployment insurance claims. So just to put that in perspective, um, uh, last year for all of 2019, we helped over 700,000 people. So in just over a month's time, if we keep on this pace, we are looking at uh, reaching the same numbers that we did for all 2019. So- um, Wow, in one month. Yeah, and just over, just a little over a month. If we keep on this pace, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit that number. Wow, that's stunning. So, so can you tell us a little bit because we've we've heard so much uh, from people who are you know pulling their hair out. They say that they can't get through. The website kicks them off midway through the application. What kind of volume have you all seen coming in? Because the pipeline can only handle so much. What has the volume been like? So. Um, before COVID-19, on an average uh, day, people calling into the 800 number, uh, 800 numbers, uh, we would see about 13,000 calls a day uh, in a 24-hour period. Uh, the most, the record number that we had before COVID-19 was 60,000 in, in a single day. So we are looking at, we're, we're getting over a million and a half calls a day on some days uh, uh, in a 24-hour period. Now, that's not the number of people filing. That's just the number of calls we have coming through. So uh, over a million and a half. Um, we are, again, we are working around the clock. We are moving. Uh, we have over a thousand people in unemployment insurance services working right now. Uh, we've added uh, 200 from another other departments who can handle that security information. We're about to add another 250 more um, we did emergency hires and added about 100 people in the last two weeks to help in our call centers. Um, we are staffing up and we are still hiring the Texas Workforce Commission. Uh, in fact, if you go to workintexas.com, you can find those jobs plus about 600,000 other jobs that are available in Texas right now. So mm -hmm. Texas is hiring. There are jobs out there uh, if people are interested in looking. So if you uh, are, you know, filing for unemployment benefits, you might actually be able to work for the Texas Workforce Commission because the volume is just so high right now. Uh, kind of a little irony there, uh, Cisco. Uh, what would you tell people, though, who are, you know, in the thick of it right now, even with all you all have done to, to add call takers? Uh, what do you tell people right now as far as getting through goes? I'm just going to say, please be patient with this. These are unusual times. Um, it's not always going to be like this. And here's something else to consider. Um, I know that people are, a lot of them are sheltering in place. They have all this time on their hand. They'd love to check this off their list. You know, I want them to as well. Uh, if they're having trouble, trouble getting through, uh, it just may take some time, but they can just keep this in mind that at the, the time that they apply for unemployment and that they qualify, their benefits don't start there. Uh, we, uh, you know, 
in previous COVID-19, that's when their initial uh, claims will start, where the time of the day filed their claim. But now we are backdating those um, back to the disaster declaration um, around March 8th or something like that. So they can go back uh, depending on the type, the date of their job separation. So the day that they started not working, the day they reduced hours, that's the date we're looking at of, re of them receiving their benefits. That is a very important distinction because I think that is what is driving anxiety for so many people right now because they say, I'm missing out on money every single day because I haven't been able to file for benefits and they're going to date it from the date I file. So very important here, if this is COVID-19 related now, that takes you back to that emergency declaration in that, you know, the beginning of March. Cisco, let me let me ask you a couple of questions. We just we just talked to a woman uh, in North Texas who is applying herself. She's applying uh, on behalf of her son as well too. She had a couple of questions that were pretty good questions. Uh, I wanted to pose to you: Will the federal stimulus affect unemployment benefits at all? So, um, people can will be able to who qualify right now for Texas unemployment insurance. Um, may also qualify for the stimulus package. Um, so those details are gonna vary on case by case basis. Uh, we are in the process of upgrading our system to, uh, to adapt the new legislation so that people who are already in the system will receive those benefits. So let's, for instance, say that you've exhausted your benefits. You, you've exhausted your Texas insurance um, uh, benefits and you've maxed your 26 weeks, um, you may not qualify for those extended 13 weeks uh, in, in one of the stimulus packages, um, and that will go into effect automatically. You won't have to call or do anything different. L let me pose the other question she had, too. For her son, she got all the way through uh, everything, but there's a, a question at the end once you request payment, um, and it says, do you want to get paid with direct deposit or do you want to get paid with a debit card? Does a workforce commission recommend either way to get your money faster? I think that's going to be a, a personal preference. Um, how, how do you get your money faster? On average, it takes about 21 days to receive benefits. So whether that's direct deposit or a debit card in the mail, some people are going to get it a little bit sooner. Some people might take a little bit longer. It varies on a case by case basis. You brought up a, a few things a couple of moments ago that I, I want to dig a little bit into here. So the everybody has heard about this this stimulus bill and how the federal government is adding as much as six hundred dollars per week to unemployment benefits for the next several months uh, if you qualify for state unemployment benefits. Let's say that I qualify uh, for state unemployment benefits and I qualify for that maximum of $600 in addition per week from the federal government. I'm still going to get that paid out though, not weekly, is that correct? So it is my understanding that you're getting your, your if you apply, you. Everything is done through UI.TexasWorkforce.org. Yeah. Yeah. So um, people who uh, qualify for the Texas Unemployment Insurance will receive those benefits from, from the state. Mm -hmm. And then the stimulus package is going to be brought in. They're going to get federal funding, uh, which is at 600 additional a week. Mm -hmm. um, so it uh, can be. I, I don't know. if I'm still learning how that works. Uh, I'm trying to get that information. I'm not in unemployment insurance. Okay. Uh, but, um, but it is my understanding that it's uh, an extra. Cisco, we've, we've heard from multiple people talking about PINs, their personal identification numbers. They're having to call and wait in a queue if they applied 
last year or in 2018 and they don't have their pin, is there an easier way to expedite this, a way to prove their identity online like I have to do for changing a password for Hotmail or my bank account or something like that, as opposed to getting in a phone queue and waiting a day or two? Um, so pin numbers are gateway to your to the system for your benefits and your information. It's a very it, it's a really important part. It's a uh, same as social security numbers as well. Um, we have to treat that carefully and uh, with with a lot of caution. So right now the system we have in place is is for everyone's protection, uh, so that nobody's getting taken advantage of or their information isn't getting taken. One of the things we had talked about previously, though, was let's say I am in your system already and I filed for unemployment benefits two years ago. I got benefits. I am now employed again. Everything is fine. And I lose my job again and need to get back into the system right now. Uh, so I'm relying on that old pin. And a lot of people are saying that those old pins are not working. And you said that you guys are going through and actually uh, trying to, to sort of wipe those clean and let people know. Is that right? So people who filed unemployment or had a, had a, had pin numbers prior to 2015, those have all been reset so that it made it easier for the people coming in who haven't been on in several years, uh, who might've forgotten their pin numbers that has been reset for them. And do they all know that? Or have you guys been able to reach out and let people know that, or do they just need to do something different now? I think it's set up in the, I think it's set up in the system. Um, I, I don't know how people were notified about that. I'd have to look at my notes. Um, but I know that that's, that was set up for them so that it made, made it easier. Cisco, as far as expediting calls go, um, one of the, uh, the woman we talked to earlier on the podcast had a pretty good suggestion that, uh, you know, how airlines and banks, and sometimes you call folks and they say, Hey, you're 10th in the queue, uh, you know, press one and we'll call you back when it's your turn. Is that something the state's looking at in any way to keep people from, you know, you guys from pulling your hair out and people applying from sitting on phones for hours? You know, uh, I, I, I love that system. I think it's a great system. Um, I don't know that I can answer that with a call volume of a million and a half per day and then getting, calling every single one of those back. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, I don't know any call center that can actually handle a million and a half calls in a day. We are, we are, we want to help every Texan in need. And we have in the last 19 days helped over half a million people file for unemployment insurance claims. So it's not like we're not letting anybody in. We've, we've helped half a million already. We are working uh, and hiring staff and moving staff to help Texans in need. And we will. And, and again, I'm sorry for the frustration. We want to help them. We, we know these are our neighbors. These are our friends and family. We, we, this is happening to all of us. We want to help them. Yeah, you're, you're doing a, a year's worth of work in, in a couple of weeks, which, you know, think about any job. Could you do a year's worth of work in a couple of weeks? Probably not. So you guys are doing a Herculean effort there, and I think they recognize that. You, you've hired 100 people at the Texas Workforce Commission. Do you expect that you guys will have to hire even more than that? Um, it's all hands on deck. We all are working. Uh, you know, it's not a normal nine-to-five job, you know, where we get to take lunch and, you know, have a <laughs> enjoy time off with our friends. We, we are working to help every Texan in need. 
You bring up the hours here, so I, I want to talk about the website. If people are going on the website to apply, you and I have talked about this, the best hours to actually do that without being kicked off the website or it freezing up or whatever midway through the application, the best hours to do that are between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. because people are sleeping. During the day, especially let's say on Monday at 10 in the morning, you might get kicked off a lot. So there's that advice for the website. But let me ask you this. The website is available 24-7. Uh, the call centers are open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Is there any thought right now, and do you anticipate that you all might be able to start expanding those call hours to be able to take more calls in? I think they're looking into other options as well. I just don't have that information to go into detail about it. But um, we are looking to looking at a variety of other um, partnerships uh, and and um, to, to to help with the with the call volume we, we are partner you said partnerships so you guys actually I mean I, I don't want to make you you know say something that you're not supposed to say yet if it's not finalized but there is a chance that you all might be able to I guess vastly expand you know what you're doing and the hours you're doing it we, we are working with the Department of Labor and other agency partners uh, to see what options there are uh, vendors as well to, to uh, and, and upgrading our system so that we can uh, work with some third-party vendors but we you know it's 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 a lot of secure information right. um, and uh, we've got to be really careful with that but we are looking at a lot of different options I was just going to ask you a couple of the uh, more specific questions that we've been getting from people a lot of them have to do with gig workers contractors, people who are self-employed. Some of these people used to not qualify for uninsurance uh, or for uh, uh, employment, uh, unemployment, unemployment insurance. Uh, they could qualify now. We've gotten a lot of questions about that, and those groups could qualify now, yes? That is correct. So if you are self-employed or a contractor, independent contractor, and you uh, previously worked at a position that did not report wages, um, you actually may now qualify for unemployment insurance from the state of Texas and uh, with this new stimulus package. So uh, there's a chance you may be getting benefits from both. And you can also qualify if you have uh, worked part-time and lost your job, or your hours have been cut dr uh, dramatically, but you're still working, or if you are a minor, uh, you know, let's say a 17-year-old. So um, the Texas Workforce Commission looks at uh, certainly – if your hours are reduced, um, if you're uh, you were working, and you're not particularly laid off, but you're just you're just not working right now, you have zero hours, um, or, or some of those other options that you mentioned, uh, if they were working part time or furloughs, uh, furloughs used to not count, I guess those can count now too. So um, what we look at are past wages, um, the type of job separation, and ongoing eligibility requirements. So um, it may vary from person to person, but, um, uh, you know, all those people are welcome to try, uh, and, and they may qualify. Um, I wanted to ask you this because our previous, uh, guest was asking this too. If you are, uh, if you have a chance to perhaps uh, apply for a grant or for uh, a loan through the small business administration, if you get money that way, can you still qualify for unemployment or are those two things mutually exclusive? It's a really good question. Um, I, I don't have the answer to that right now. Um, that's okay. that's a first 
you guys are on top of it. That's the first time I've heard that question. So Yeah, she she posed that, and it was the first time I had heard it as well. Well, Cisco, I know you guys are, are uh, exhausted. I can tell it in your voice there, man. So we, we appreciate what you do. So many people appreciate uh, this. Everyone's frustrated on both ends. Uh, I, I think that they can understand where you're coming from. You're trying to get to everyone you can. You guys are moving hundreds of people around to answer these calls, to get their benefits out to them. So I, I know we're going to check in with you again, and I appreciate you taking time uh, to talk to us. Jason, my first takeaway is poor Cisco. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, the guy... The guy just looks exhausted. He does. Uh, thankfully, he took our phone call today. He, he answered as much as he could. He has notes on everything. Um, I, I feel badly for him. I also feel badly for the tens of thousands of Texans yeah. who are trying to get answers as well. Everything is overwhelmed. Can, can you imagine hmm. doing a year's worth of work in a couple of weeks? That's stunning. That, it, it's incredible. That's what the... Texas Workforce Commission is being forced to do because so many Texans really need them now. They've paid into this, mm -hmm. and now it's time for the state to help them out. You know, uh, one of the things that interests me in this, Jason, is I think that we've gotten so accustomed to sort of the instant world. Uh, things are supposed to happen fast. Uh, one of the things that really struck me was we all heard about this you know, so-called stimulus uh, bill that was passed by Congress uh, last week, uh, and really it's just a relief, a rescue bill. Um, and how that bill still has to be put into computer code to go into the Texas Workforce Commission. Their, their system is not set up to go, okay, let's see if you're also eligible for this extra $600 from the federal government every week for unemployment benefits. They have to have a whole different program go into their system to be able to calculate that. So now you see some of this lag time that we're talking about. And, and so, you know, it's a real struggle on that end too. And that is not to diminish at all the struggle that ordinary Texans are feeling every day wondering when they can get through and get those benefits. I like, though, that he he stopped short, but you could tell. There's something in the works there when we asked about, are you guys going to expand those call-in hours? Are you going to expand that call-in staff? And he started talking about, you know, there's some things that we're working on with other vendors, with third parties, et cetera. But, you know, he made the good point, you know, we're dealing with social security numbers, people's incomes, their identities. We got to be careful how we expand this and who we partner with. Yeah. And for the Texans who are waiting and relying on the Texas Workforce Commission, I'm, I'm sure they're saying right now, hell yeah, you should be doing this mm -hmm. and, and, and do it yesterday. Yeah. Get it done. But Cisco Gomez did talk about maybe partnering with the Department of Labor mm -hmm. uh, to try to get some of this stuff expedited. At the end of the day, it's expediting this. People have bills to pay. Here we are at the first of the month, Jason, and rent is due. Mm. There is a matter of you know keeping food on the table for many people, keeping the car paid, keeping insurance paid. At some point, uh, unless these benefits are you know given out, these benefits that are rightfully earned that people right. have paid into, unless these are given out, then folks are going to start missing payments. And, and that's the unfortunate thing. That's what's driving so many people crazy on this. You know, I, I one of the big takeaways for me in this, though, was when he said that, you know, if you're worried that every day that you're not getting through on the phone or being kicked off the website, if you're worried that you're missing money for that day, 
in your benefits. Stop worrying about that. These benefits are going to be made retroactive, which is unusual. That's not usually the case with unemployment insurance. These are going to be made retroactive to when the disaster was declared in the beginning of March sometime. So I think that that's going to put a lot of people at ease there. I will say this, though. TWC is going to have to get some help, and they're going to have to get it fast because as astounding as that number is, 275,000 Texans applying for unemployment last week, that is, there's some lag time there. Those people applied for benefits before the stimulus bill was passed, which expanded it to gig workers, contractors, people who've been furloughed. All of those people became eligible for benefits when that stimulus package passed. So this number doesn't include all of those people. This number also doesn't include all the people who haven't been able to get onto the website or through the phones. So the number of unemployed is really much, much higher than that 275,000 that we're reading from the past week. So those calls and uh, you know clicks are just gonna keep on coming. We're just gonna see this just compound and compound and compound. Yeah, Jason, I worry what the number looks like next week. Mm -hmm. And I I know that so many of you guys have lots and lots of questions. We try to get as many of them answered. Uh, Cisco has tons of notes, and he just doesn't have the answer to everything, unfortunately. But Jason Wheeler, who covers a a lot of uh, finance and economics, he has asked a lot of these questions, and he has come up with answers to a lot of these questions. And Jason, where can people find that right now? Because you said you have them pinned yeah. to one of your social media feeds. Yeah, so what I'm doing, I was, I'm, I'm just pinning, I'm, and I'm trying to keep a running list. So I keep on bothering uh, the Workforce Commission because I know so many of you can't get through right now. So what I've been doing is taking some of the more common questions that I've been getting and sending those to them, getting their answers back. And I've pinned that to the top of my pages at Facebook and Twitter. I'm at Jason Wheeler TV, Jason common spelling, Wheeler just like 18 Wheeler, and then TV on Facebook and Twitter. And I'm just trying to keep a running list of questions and answers there. And hopefully that, you know, gives people the info that they need. And maybe, you know, it takes a few people out of the mix of feeling like they have to keep trying to call in, uh, you know, 100, 200 times in a day, which I have been hearing from people. And maybe that starts to free up the system a little bit so that the gears can keep moving. Yeah, if you have a question that you haven't been able to get answered or you've been on on hold for days and days, check Jason's social media feeds to see if the question can be answered there. If not, leave him a message and we'll, you know, ask the question uh, ourselves in a future podcast here in the next week or so. A lot of frustration out there, a, a lot of tough times for so many Texans. It's heartbreaking that they have to go through this. Uh, this is something that no one really kind of saw coming. It, it, it sprung us at the first of the year and really ramped up fast. Um, I just leave you with, you know, hey, hang, hang tight, help each other, um, be safe and stay healthy. Yep, we're all in this together. Uh, And uh, thanks for listening today. And we will uh, be putting out a new episode um, early next week. 